We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Y'all heard the intro. That's not the glass. There you go. Raise your glass. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. I'm Adam Minahan here with David Niles. We have Juan on the buttons. El producer. Jim is here as well. The whole team is here. It's good to have everybody. Good to see everybody. Jim, good to see you. Um, we're going to have a scotch. We haven't had a scotch in it, actually. Oh, no, actually, we, last it's week we did. Like it's been like a whole It's been week. like six days. Gosh. Oh, it, it does seem like, though, we've been having bourbons a lot. So yes. maybe that's... You know what we haven't done in forever is a beer. Remember when we used to do... Well, the we, last we, one we did was what? Uh, cha- uh, chainsaw. Chainsaw Brewing. Yeah. Because they sent us beer. And then uh, the Trini- uh, Trinity... Trinitarian Brewing Company, Trini- Trinitine, Trinitine uh, Brewing Company. Before that, mm-hmm. but I'll bet if you go back over the, like the last six months, mm-hmm. we've only had a handful. Of uh, them. I mean, those might. In fact, it may only be two in the last six months. Could be. We used to do a lot of beer, or more beer in the beginning. Yes, in the beginning we did a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think, if I'm going to have like a a good glass of something, mm-hmm. uh, I prefer whiskey. Easier to drink on air as well. Yeah, lower calories also. Well, and I'm, I'm getting, not really thinking about that. Get, I'm just thinking like it's easier to drink on air. You don't have to, like, it didn't fill your stomach up. That's you not know. the problem for me. Mm. So you and I, we have diff, we, we have, have different, different problems. Yeah. So tonight we're going to drink uh, Copper Dog. This is the first time we've ever had Copper Dog. It is a Speyside uh, blended scotch. Uh, it has uh, eight, I believe, eight different... Uh, whiskeys blended together. Copper Dog is called. It's called that because what they used to do was they would take. Boy, you were just struggling uh, over it there. It doesn't pour very well. Like, um, it. What they used to do is they the people who used to work in distilleries, they would take copper tubing, and then they would take a penny tubing and solder the penny onto the the copper tubing. And then put a cork on the top, and they would siphon off a dram or two of whiskey and put it in that copper tube to take home. It's called the Copper Dog. Sweet. Mm. So that's what that's why that's what it's called. All right. So guys who used to work at the distillery used to like you know try to siphon off a little bit, little nip. Yeah. Um, So for the ride home. But yeah, so Copper Dog, it's a space side, like we said. It, it is uh, 40% ABV. Uh, it has eight, I believe. If yes, to eight me, single malt whiskeys. The slow. name Copper Dog sounds like a bourbon. Like if you had just told me, right. oh, this is Copper Dog, I would have said, oh, that is a bourbon. Right. Just based on the name alone. Uh, so let's try it. It's going to be a very typical space side whiskey. It's going to have a, a lot of... Slash Highland. Uh, yeah, it's going to have... a. Uh, a lot of sweet fruit notes, honey, things like that. But we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. So it's not going to have any of the hard, like, smoke or peat or anything like that. Uh, it's also, I think, known for, there's some there's some kind of mixed drink, cocktail, like a scotch cocktail that's made with Copper Dog. I don't remember which one it's, what it's called, but uh, but that is a... Okay. Well known, I guess. Jim, what do you think? We've been escalating on the yummy scale for uh, multiple weeks. There's. N- what was last time like a four point nine seven or something? Yeah. This is like a three five. Okay. Three, 3. five. Three point five. What do you think? Uh, I think it's very good. I yeah. I, to me, it's not like oh wow, it's not outstanding. Okay. But I have n- I have. I have nothing against this floral. This, uh, 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 very floral, very uh, honeydew. It's got a little smell. It's got um, a little bit more heat on the palate. 
then you I, know. I think it's a good scotch for I, like I beginners. I think it's good. I think it's, it's good. It's pretty mellow. I've got it's very good. Thirty dollars. See for a thirty. See this is uh, what I'm talking about right here. Thirty dollars. Twenty nine ninety five. Copper dog sounds like it shouldn't cost very much. Right. You know what I mean. For a for a twenty nine dollar for a thirty dollar bottle of scotch, this is my jam. I'm gonna have to go buy some of this. Okay, boy, how quickly we changed our (laughs) tune when we found out how much it was. (laughs) Well, okay, like the thing is about drinking whiskey Mm -hmm. is you also have to buy it. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know it it would be great Mm -hmm. if you didn't have to and you could just drink it, right? but the thing about it is, that's not the case. Like, yes, yeah, like the thing is, like I don't live at home with my parents, right. okay, and I do have to buy it, and so there is a there's a utility yeah. return, right? For every dollar I invest in a bottle of whiskey, because that's what it is, it's an investment in my future. <laughs> How many units of, <laughs> of goodness am I getting in return, right? And so I want more units per dollar. And this has the units per dollar on this one is high. This is a high. This is a good investment. Good, good, good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, me too. We Adam, to, we should call it me too. ROI yeah. return on investment. Return. We should call it ROI. You think it's gonna catch up? ROI. It's not gonna even catch up. It's gonna mustard. Um. <laughs> uh, just got back from uh, southeast Oklahoma. Had a long weekend, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys did some fishing. We did a little four wheeling. Did a little hiking. Four wheeling, huh? or I'm sorry, ATV. Okay. Side by side. Yeah. Uh, did a, did a kayaking, fishing uh, with with the kayak. Luke did really Luke well with his own kayak. With his own kayak. Did does, his, does he keep it down there? Well, we did. We are now. Yeah. We, we brought it down there. I about lo- lost my salvation putting the daggum thing up <laughs> on my on the van. Uh, it was it was been pretty pitiful to be going to hell because uh, putting a kayak up on the on the van, but uh, I almost got got pretty close. Yeah, um, but pra- made it. Praise God, you avoided. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, we had we had a great time. We had a huge bonfire. Uh, probably one of the biggest bonfires I've ever been a part of. Really? Yes. Uh, in fact, there's trees around it which was not not super close but it was around it and it got so hot that those were catching on fire and they were green you know they were live trees yeah uh so we were having to to, to spray it down with Water the it hose down, yeah. yeah but it was it was so hot has anyone here ever been totally engulfed in fire oh it's gotta be so hot we had to have a heat shield like just to even get close to it to spray uh-huh I just thought about like man living that would have been so bad to be in hell here's a campfire hack especially by so, you know, like when you're in that moment where you're just like so hot, you can't even like be by the fire, put on glasses. If you put, if you only put on sunglasses, it is amazing the, like the level of heat that you can now withstand simply because your eyes aren't. Uh, this, this was so hot, dude. I, know, I understand my, what you're saying. If my uh, hand was outside of a heat shield, like yes. as I was holding it, I get what you're saying. In your in that particular, felt fire. like my hand was melting to the water. I'm talking about for like the person. Just you're at a regular fire. It happens where it's like, oh god, right. the fire is getting hot. If you have glasses, you can put on. It like is so much more comfortable to sit by the fire. Dude, look at that. It's a big fire. It's a pretty big fire. Did anybody throw a jump over it? No, it was way. I mean, it was uh, like. 25, 30 feet in the air. So? <laughs> yeah. I have uh, also, hey. I've also been having big fires. Just been burning brush. Yeah. But nothing like that, because I don't want to... I don't want the, like, fire department to show yeah. up, or, right. like... Uh, I'm, trying not, I'm trying to stay under the radar. This definitely Because I, do I just don't want attention. And out there... Yeah, especially, like, you know, as you're losing cows. Right, exactly. Like, like, are you already drawing enough attention to yourself? to have the park employees come over for how are they reason. by the way cows are doing great do we have a name for the cows yet? yes uh one of them is oreo okay and one of them is inky inky you did you did say on a past episode that they're gonna the names are gonna be terrible yeah and oreo is not bad oreo is a good name because it's black and white right they're both black and white uh oreo uh is has more black and white she's what you call a black face baldy so she's black with white on her face. Inky has white, but it's like Splashes. under under his 
like on his neck kind of he's also clearly just like a worse looking cow he's just not inky or i'm sorry oreo he's a he's a handsome cow mm-hmm. inky is like Whatever yeah the qualifications are of that well come over you can come over and see yeah when you look at him you're like that is a handsome cow cool nice sleek coat you know just just looks good yeah we uh are headed over to grand rapids michigan uh yeah. in like less than a month I'm excited about that that'll be a lot of fun we're gonna have an opportunity to talk about fatherhood and virtue those are the two talks we're giving over there uh you can go to our our social media pages and sign up if you're in the grand rapids area we'd love to hang out love we to- will be giving a new talk on fatherhood that will probably yes. be the best talk on fatherhood that has ever been given on the I mean, on I, the face I'm not, of the planet. I'm not going to say it. But people are but saying it. But people are saying it. Yeah. So. I'm not saying it's going to be the best talk ever. I'm right. not saying that it'll absolutely change your life. I'm not saying that you should drop what you're doing to be there. But people are. But people are. Some people are, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about the talk. I, I've been... I've actually been putting, you know, a lot of work, a lot of thought into uh, structuring the talk out, and uh, so I'm excited about it. Me too. Cool. Uh, so what are we going to talk about tonight? We're going to be talking about guarding your children against romanticism. Has that ever been talked about? I'm sure it has. On Catholic Radio? Probably. But people are saying <laughs> this will be the first. If you've ever done Exodus 90 before, you know how Easter can easily go from feasting to binging in no time. Even if you've had a really great Lent, regardless of if you did Exodus 90 or not, there's a temptation to slide back into these old ways, these old habits, and even maybe worse, uh, becoming less disciplined than when you were when you started Lent. This year, the team of Exodus 90 has built out a 50-day journey through through the Easter season. Yes, Easter is 50 days long, not just one Sunday in April. And during these 50 days, it's an invitation into understanding true Christian feasting. The fact of the matter is, we need structure, even in feasting. So they've put together a plan of life to help keep some guardrails from temptations of going too far and binging for over the next couple months. You can join them now by going to startmyexodus.com and jump into today's readings and reflections on the Acts of the Apostles. Go to startmyexodus.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Juan's going to look at some property tomorrow, Adam. Oh, nice. Right next to Harrison Garlic. Oh, man. That'll be great. Nice Har- long dream. Has Harrison know? Have you told him? Does he, no, not yet. I'm Don't. Surprise him. Don't. Oh, he'll, be, he'll listen to the show and be excited. Like... Just buy it. <laughs> We're gonna have Deacon Garlic on the show here pretty soon. I kind of was. Th- I, th- I was kind of wondering if we would have him on today, but uh, no, we didn't get a chance to have him on today. But we're gonna have him on soon. We're gonna talk about liberalism the, on the show. and the liberals. The liberals. It's no, not, that's not, not actually. That's not what we're talking. Not about. actually what it is. But. Right. So, oh, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? You yeah. had that look like you were about to finish. Okay. Today we're gonna be talking about romanticism and uh, why you should be. Should have done this if we would have thought about it uh, closer to Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's you know, Day. You know, like, look, we, we do things as that we as they occur as, to us. As the Holy Spirit, like, at, he tells us to. We're not Joe us. Rogan, okay? <laughs> the staff and stuff. We do have Juan. We do have Juan. That's true. And, and you he, know, has, he has Jaime, but we have, we have Juan. You know what? Joe Rogan, he doesn't have Juan. That's right. So, that's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but I just wanted to talk about this. It's it's a like one of the topics I've wanted to discuss for a while, um, and so I, I thought, you know what I said? I said today's the day. Tonight's the night. Okay, buckle um, up. People are saying. <laughs> um, as a dad, 
as a father, it's our job, and probably ours before anybody else's, because you know we, the you know head of the household, to guard our children's innocence. Mm-hmm. And as I have like gotten better and just had more experience at fathering, I have realized that I am the one in many many cases who is the the avenue by which my children learn things that I wish they didn't learn. You know, um, you should stop doing that. Well, right. You know, whether like I'm having a conversation with another adult and my, oh, and my daughter is in the room, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's like, and then luckily I have a a holy wife who'll like elbow me or, you know, like punch you. Yeah. Like, like not when, not not with Mary's in the room, you know, or something. Uh, Otherwise, you know, like, probably would have just kept going because I'm involved in this conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, or I just am playing around and say something or sing something, you know, it's like, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, That's not, I I just had to, you know, I realized that often it's myself, you know, we we think about these exterior threats that are out in the world, you know, that are out. And I think I've done a very good job um, at guarding against a lot of those other things. Mm Mm-hmm. But very often, it's me. I am the problem, right? And so, like, I need to... That's the thing about sin. I know, dude. Uh, it gets you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? When we had David Williams on, which I, I love every time we, we, we get yeah. a chance to talk oh, to David gosh, Williams. he's amazing. If you haven't listened to uh, our shows with David Williams, just go to catholicmancho.com, type in David Williams. Uh, several shows will pull yeah. up. And go buy some saint cards while you're at it. That's right. Uh, but he, he mentioned one time on our show, he said, like, we should not ruin uh the view in which our kids have of us yeah what he said was a, a child has a right to view his father as a hero yes that's way more eloquent uh, eloquent than what i than what i just said but yeah and i thought like that's a great point like there's nothing there's nothing good that can come from being like well your dad did x y and z you know mm-hmm. back in the day uh and just ruin right because you are a hero you you're you're born a hero, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or in your in the minds of your children, right? Mm-hmm. To you, to them, you're a hero, mm-hmm. and you should you should and you want them to continue to see that. So, so you have to live up to it. That's the thing. Right. And at some point, they're going to realize, like, that you're a, a human person, like everybody else, mm-hmm. like everybody el- uh, else's dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you want to keep them innocent for as long as you can, like. I firmly believe that in sheltering your kids, you know, you'll sometimes you'll hear people say, look, you don't want to shelter them. And I say, yeah, you do. You want to shelter them for as long as possible. Um, and the more sheltered they are. What do you think they mean by that? Like, do they actually think when people say that, do they think that you should actually expose your children to evil? I think that they're worried that that they're going to be ignorant about the reality of the world. No, I think what they're more worried about is that once they get a taste of the world, then they're going to go crazy. I think that's part of it, but I think that... It seems like that's always seems to be the argument that I hear. I think that also, the other part is that they say, oh, your kids are going to grow up totally unprepared for the... The real world. The real world. And I firmly reject that. I think that um, they'll be more prepared for the real world the more innocent they are. Well, I mean, you're living in, in accord with reality. Right. That's exactly that's exactly what I think. Um, so, the, and this is really our job as parents. Um, you know, we have to raise mm-hmm. them. We have to raise them in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. So we, it's like two jobs. It's teach them the faith, and you know, help them to to grow up in a in a healthy environment and where they can maintain that innocence. And there's kind of a sense where whenever you teach a child or a child learns something that's disordered for their state in life, they can't, you can't go backwards. Can't unring a bell. Right, exactly. Um, you can't unscramble eggs. Mm-hmm. So it's, you, you, can't, you have to make sure to do your best, right? And things are going to happen, right? But um, I want to talk about specifically romantic notions today. I'm, okay. Um, just because I think I do think that there, this is something that often doesn't get talked about as much. You know, we talk about, you know, pornography, we talk about virtue and, you know, a lot of other things. But today I want to specifically talk about romantic. Um, so 
children, and I've seen this in when you're watching children at play. So I was thinking about this today. And children pretend what they know, and they practice what they see. So my daughters, when they're playing, they, their play is the things that they know, right? Oh, they know mom and dad, and they know, oh, you're the baby, and I'm the mom. Almost, almost always, that's what it is. Someone's the baby or whatever. Um, but they're pretending the things that they know. It's that they're practicing what it means. To, they're practicing their vocation, right? And when you look at boys, what are they doing? They're fighting each other, right? So it's like literally the, the play of children is preparation for the, you know, kind of these God-given abilities and gifts uh, mm-hmm. for, the, for when they get older. So if they knew more, their play would change, right? If they knew other things. And there's, you know, if they're playing mom and dad, that's great because there's things about mom and dad that they don't know that they shouldn't be playing, okay? And uh, when I was early, when I had just gotten married, um, used to be a, a nun here in, T- in Tulsa, Mother Miriam. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I just really love Mother Miriam. And I heard her say something one time that kind of shocked me at first and I didn't agree with right away. And though, as I've had kids and you know, have, have a little bit of experience now, I've come to agree with it more and more. It was that um, she said, you sh- your children can see you hug and kiss, and that's it. That beyond that, there sh- they should never see any sign of affection between you, between spouses. That they can see you hugging and kissing, and that's it. And at first I was like, come on, Mother Mary. Because Mother Mary, she's like, she's pretty, pretty trad, you know, like... Uh, she's just firm in her beliefs. She's she is firm in her beliefs, uh, which I I admire. I, I, I admire about her actually. Um, so that was something that I just it's like oh come on no big deal uh, because you know I, what husband doesn't spank his wife when she walks by you know what I mean like just got a reminder there's a man in the house all right oh my goodness uh, get so much hate mail I mean I think that that's that's just a normal thing that people do it's like. And it's an effect. It's just it's affection, right? Um, but if your kids see you doing it, they think that that's okay for them to do, right? It's how does a child, especially a young child, you know, if we're talking like three or four or five, they're not going to be able to necessarily distinguish. Oh, is that okay? You know, it's okay for mom and dad to do that, but when I play, it's not okay for me to do. Hmm. Right, um, and so just the older I've gotten, the more I've seen the wisdom in, in what she said that day. And, and I, and this is my own thinking on it that when it comes to affection between spouses, if it's not the kind of affection you would give your children, then don't give it to your spouse in front of them, right? For them, for them to see. Um, so you know, hugging, kiss, you know, oh, a kiss. Obviously, you know, we're not talking about heavy kissing. You right, shouldn't be sure. doing that in front of sure. your kids. Um, but that way they develop healthy, you know, like healthy uh, images of what it means to be affectionate um, between their peers, because that's really what that stage of life is about. It's about developing these um, healthy relationships with their peers. And the, the precedent that's going to be set is going to be the one that they see at home. Hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, it's hard for me to, dis, to disagree uh, with with anything that you said. I think it's also the the counter uh, point is also it's very important that they do see mom and dad. Yes, uh, you know, show affection towards each other. This is why, like, even I think in our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place, one of the things that we point out in there is that it's very important to for your children to see like when dad comes home from work. Uh, and if mom's coming home from work as well, like the first thing that they do, you know, as they, as they come through the front door is to, sh- to embrace one another. Yes. You know, to, 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 to welcome one another back home, to show you know, love and infe- affection, but, and then to rec- recognize the kids. So anyway, uh, when we get back, we'll continue this conversation on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. 
For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really, you know, oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because, you know, they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Having a, a, a unique conversation, I think, this evening, talking about guarding our children from romantic ideas. This is definitely going to be a, an episode that um, we're going to get pushback for. Which, by the way, we've we've received a lot of emails and messages not too long, like over the last month or so, and I'm we're just behind in responding to them. So, if you've sent something, I apologize for not getting back. So far, but uh, we'll do our best. But, uh, you know, this is obviously just our experience, and this is just our, like, what we suggest, right? Yeah, so this no, is, absolutely. Yeah, this isn't church teaching. Right. You know, it's not like you can open your catechism and find rules. And this is, uh, there is, in the catechism, uh, the five duties of parenthood, of, of parents, which you can go check out. I think it's it's about, like... Uh, Another topic we talked about with David Williams, actually. That's, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think it's around two... Two, two, eight. If that's if that's even close to being correct, I'll be impressed. I'm pretty sure it is. I believe you. Two, 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 eight. I think is about is is close to where it is. Anyway, I just cannot quote the catechism. Uh, I I can't either. Really. You know, the only one I know is whatever year America was founded in, like 1774 or something. Seventy. I I I don't actually know. I'm a bad I'm a bad citizen. But that is the same number in the catechism where it talks about freedom. America. America. It's because uh, God blessed this country yeah. to be the best country on the planet. Uh, and if you go to our founding year, you'll find free. You can you can look it up. It's freedom. Anyway. Adam, Adam was right. Do, do, do it. Parents well, that is amazing. Way to go, bro. Um, but you made the you made a comment right at right at the last segment, and I'm really glad you made the point uh, because it, it, that's an important thing about how. We're talking about, okay, what kind of affection not to show in front of your kids. Mm -hmm. But it is vital that your kids know that mom and dad love each other. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most important things for your children to know. Um, It really is. Like, if you want to talk about a child growing up with a healthy... Stable environment. Exactly. And just like, um, because if mom and dad don't love each other, then they ultimately reflect that back on themselves. And they think maybe I'm not lovable. Maybe it's me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you want your child to be healthy emotionally, like have a health, healthy intellect, um, a healthy imagination, you know, like an all around healthy child, he needs to know that mom and dad love each other. I agree. So what do you think the downfall is? Uh, Let's say that there's somebody out there who does not do a, a good job of tempering their their actions around children mm-hmm. uh, and aren't you know, prudently making their decisions in front of their children. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the down? What do you think the side of it? Like, what, what, yeah. what's the, it's a good what's the downside? I think that they will do damage to their child's imagination. Okay. That's that's what I think because children are that that's like kind of what they're doing full time is just thinking and wondering and imagining right um, almost constantly. Mm-hmm. And so now there are just certain things that they're not ready to think about that their, um, you know, their intellect isn't ready for, right? Um, because they need to they need to do other things first. They need to w- have more wonder about the world in general, about right and wrong, about you know these things. And children, once again, they're developing interpersonal skills. Okay, if until you have those skills, how are you supposed to? wield like 
romantic affection, which is a powerful thing. You need to have an understanding of how to have a just a basic friendship mm-hmm. before you um, should be half before you should have to deal with the extra heavier things that go along with a, a romantic friendship, right? Um, and so I think that if these ideas, if these notions are given to children at too young of an age, um, then it's it's going to do do harm to their imagination because now they're going to start wondering and imagining about these things. Um, and if it happens, it's not the end of the world. Like if, if, if something happens, you know, and your kids get exposed to like, it's, it's not like, oh, your kids are ruined at all. I mean, you can talk about it. And um, that's, I think, the best thing to do is if, you know, you, it's okay to talk about these things if they happen and they come up, right? Um, and everything can be, everything will be fine. You know, just tell your kids, hey, you know, we can talk about that when you're older, but, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 blah. You're the parents, you know, you decide what to say. But that's what I think, though. That's what I think the harm is. And that's why I think we should be taking steps to make sure that we don't, we don't go there. Um, and, and I kind of think about my own childhood. Uh, my parents did a great job as parents. Um, but I think that there's also like a higher level of awareness now. Um, whereas in the past, you could kind of rely on the culture and like rely on everybody to just kind of do what was right for your kids, for, for kids in general. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that anymore. And so I think now with that higher level of scrutiny, we can kind of go back, you know, like the movie Little Mermaid. It's like, you're trying to tell me that's not like a sexualized, like Disney character. You know Mm. what I mean? Um, Or princess movies in general are hyper romanticized. Um, You know, these are movies made for like five-year-old girls all about trying to find like true love and a first kiss or whatever, whatever, right? Um, And it's just not, that's not and shouldn't be the theme of what they are exposed to. You know, can is it okay for them to have love in a movie? Sure. Absolutely. But should should the whole theme of the movie be around like getting you know like my first kiss or right. or, or something like that? No. I mean, right. if this isn't if it, this is a movie made for 5-year-old girls, then it shouldn't be about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Um that to me is promoting an agenda. Um and and so in our in our house, we don't watch those movies, you know. And there's a lot of other movies you can watch, and there's a lot of outside to be had, also. So, um, and outside is great, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so if we're going to talk about uh, uh, topics here tonight, we'll, let's get all the hot hot topics off, so that way we can, uh, you know, receive all the hate emails in one fell swoop instead of over weeks okay Here, uh, here's another one well hold on uh, let me throw one at you oh okay good yeah uh i am very anti uh the boyfriend girlfriend mm. as a uh, when they're when that's they're literal, young. that's literally what i was gonna say oh really yeah uh i cannot tell you how much it drives me crazy it, it drives me crazy and like listen we live in a pornified like pornified culture this is just the reality of it like we try we sexualize everything mm-hmm. uh, and i understand like you can take it to an extreme it can be cute but you know whatever yeah. but what you're teaching your children like so again you hear a parent say oh is that your girlfriend, girlfriend? and it's like now like why would you say that to I, him? somebody has said that to 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 my son one of my sons and I, I witnessed, I sat there and watched him stop. And like, you could see him like trying to process and internalize like, well, wait a minute. What, what does that mean? Right. And, the, and you can see the moment where then they look over at, that, at, the, at the girl, the, this right. innocent, poor little girl next to And it's like, I've never thought about. And this. all of a sudden, boom, things can never go back. I mean, they can go back to being, but all of a sudden the dynamic has changed between this boy and this girl because right. this adult said something implanted to to cute. implanted and this idea and, it wasn't and like, they're they're not trying to be malicious about it I, right. I totally get that but that's why i want to talk about it right because it like people do it and they're not aware of it okay i mean they don't right. realize that hey maybe that's a pro- maybe i shouldn't say that right it, yeah because maybe i shouldn't be talking about boyfriend and girlfriends with toddlers Right. Or five-year-olds, or nine-year-olds, or whatever, or twelve-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's another uh, high, like, and again, I have, my oldest is nine. Right, he's gonna be ten this year, in like two months. It's really weird. 
so we're not in in the puberty games game yet, uh, and I I can't imagine myself changing my mind, but I haven't I don't have the experience yet uh, of this. But in talking with our bishop and the other podcast that I that I'm on Tulsa Time with Bishop Gondola, yeah. uh, he he has gone through over the last about six weeks. Uh, what dating is, what courting is, what marriage should be, what marriage is not, uh, how to choose your vocation, like how, how to discern your vocation, how to choose uh, the right uh, spouse if you're going to uh, get married. And he makes this, I mean, I, I and I totally agree with him, he makes this claim, like, you should not be dating. The thing is, dating is, for, is preparing yourself for marriage, is finding somebody to, to get married to. Mm-hmm. You should not be dating. Unless you're ready to get married. I totally agree. When I was in high school, I totally disagreed. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, obviously. Right. Right. I had a girlfriend. Right. <laughs> like, but th- dating is for marriage. The end of dating should be marriage. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bishop Condo said, you know, in, in, in the podcast, he said um, that it's fine if you go on dates, so to speak, as a high school student, right? You, you go on a coffee date in the afternoon, but it shouldn't be something where you are dating one person exclusively. Yeah. Because now you're eating, uh, like entering into this like uh, relationship. That's there should monog- be nothing romantic about it. Monogamous. And then it's like, well, but the end of, of this is not marriage. So you're setting yourself up for outs in relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the then end also should be friendship in, and that's it. You right. Know? Um, yeah. So like, because the pushback is, well, you know, we want them to practice dating, you know, so they have some experience. That way, when they get to college, they kind of know, like, how to date, you know, what they're looking for. They don't, need, they don't need that. No. I also completely reject that. I think that's, it's just a stupid argument. I don't think that, uh, I think that's a, a, a modern thing that, I think if you, you would have said that a hundred years ago, I don't think anybody would have understood what, you even, what you're talking right, about. What do you mean practice dating? You know, it's like, right. like you know, well, a hundred years ago, they'd be like, you are a good man. She's a good woman. <laughs> You know, they, they all had <laughs> they, that. They all had an accent. A hundred years ago, so what accent was that? That's fiddler on the roof, good. right? It is. It is. It, it is actually a line from Fiddler on the Roof. So I don't know if it, I don't know if Jewish is the right word. Is the answer to your question? What kind of accent? But that's the accent he has. You are a good man. He is a good woman. Or backwards. <laughs> anyway, oh, we are gonna get. This may not happen. Maybe we can't. We can't put this in Catholic <laughs> radio. I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't do Catholic radio on this, this episode. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I just think that the end of dating should be marriage, and totally. so I don't think we should be promoting dating unless we're ready to be married. Totally. Let's talk about that more on the other side of the break. Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you have like a full <laughs> glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about uh, problems with romantic precedents, notions, ideas, practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so before the break, uh, I was we were talking about like the end of dating should be marriage. Yeah, and so the idea of dating practice to date is is just I think a, that's dumb. It's just not a it's not it's not a, a healthy thing because again you're in, entering into this fake monogamous relationship that doesn't end in marriage uh and only opens up do- like you know temptations to both yeah. both parties uh yeah. I, no, I think that's right what what people really need more practice at is friendship uh because we're, we're a lonely c- culture we're a right. lonely society we because don't know how to make friends a, so. like we live in such a hypersexualized world that uh, strictly you know friendship is actually that's the thing that we don't have a whole lot of. And if you can't develop friendships, then how are you supposed to uh, like find a good spouse? You know what I mean? That that yeah. is going to be the element that so I think in in high school and in college, if you're not ready to date, then um, you should spend your if you're not ready to get married, right. um, then your time should be spent either in groups with other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, co-ed groups, mm-hmm. um, or it's fine. You like, yeah, if, if there's a member, if, you know, like a boy or girl that you just want to be friends with, you should be clear about your intent. You know, like, I'm, hey, I'm not ready to get married. 
but I would like I'd like to be friends with you and your time together needs to be spent strictly in non-romantic settings mm-hmm. during the day in public. Right. Which is why bishop bishops just that's like it. go co- go get a coffee in the afternoon or you know whatever you want to do. And and I get that that sounds like an antiquated old-fashioned idea. And you know what? Oh yeah. I think it is. And I like it. Right. <laughs> and it's like because uh, what is there to gain from putting your oh you're just going to add like risk and pressure to this you if you're just trying to develop a friendship because you're not ready to get married. You, you're not ready to date because you're not ready to get married, mm-hmm. then why would you put yourself in a romantic situation mm-hmm. with this person that you, you might be interested in, right? Because you're, you, you want to develop a friendship. And maybe that friendship down the line will turn into um, a, a romantic relationship. But not, if it's not now, then it, it better not be not now, right? I mean, don't, don't let it be now. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And it, the only way to stop that, you think like, Oh, when the lights are low, that you'll have the strength in that moment. Right. Uh, it's like give me a give me a break. Okay. Right. You just you just don't go. That's when that's the only shot you've got. At least in my experience, that's the way it works. Right. I do have a question though, and to bring it maybe back a few years younger, and maybe back to the core of the mm-hmm. the the show is like, for example, the other day my son Santiago was talking about you know his girlfriend. Emily, whatever. And I found myself like, well, she's your friend who is a girl. You know, kind of like trying to correct the language. Yeah. But then I noticed that me even trying to make a distinction was confusing him. You know, like he didn't mean anything by it. He just called it her girlfriend. Did he just mean that my friend is a girl? Yeah, but she just called it her girlfriend. And that I realized that I was the one making the confusion in him. So I just yeah. kind of like just walked it back. So is that something that just that distinction between girlfriend or like having? I think you just friends? say uh, it's your friend. Well, I or you, like, I think I may have asked because if he was talking about a friend who is a boy, he wouldn't probably have called him "oh my boyfriend," you know. So I think he is, whether he knows it or not, making he's heard a disti- he's making a distinction that maybe he's heard yeah. somewhere. And so you could may, I maybe would have asked him why. Uh, well, you know, why'd you call her your girlfriend? What's that mean to you? And then, you know, he's not gonna—he he shouldn't be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know, for any any something like this, because it's not his fault that he's heard some—you know—some stuff somewhere along. You know, and then that just gives you an opportunity to have a, a conversation. Okay. You know, and then because as a parent, and this is so hard for me. It's like one of the things that I—I uh, I think I worry about whether I should be worried about it or not—is that. I want to be the one that my kids, you know, I want my children to feel comfortable coming to me for, you know, like with these kinds of things, like with questions, uh, you know, my, my daughter just turned eight this week. You know, it's like, we're not there yet either, but it's, it's imminent, right? You know, mm-hmm. in, in the course of life, you know, like the, as fast as life is moving, um, I want to be thinking about these things. Uh, because I just know, like, I tend to be the discipline. I'm a disciplinarian in the house, right? Which I feel like doesn't necessarily lend itself to, like, hey, Dad, uh, let me <laughs> open up to about everything. You know, here's the things that I think I might be in trouble for. Right. You know, let me talk to you about them. You know, because she wouldn't be in trouble for You know what I mean? Um, so it's just... But see, you do a great job about cultivating those times t- to give them to open up, right? So every week... Uh, you have adoration, then you go take one of your girls. Yeah. You know, you take one of your girls with you to adoration, and then you go have dinner with yeah. them. Like that is an opportunity. Not for them. every week, but you know, we do it regularly. Yeah. Right. Well, you cycle through your yeah. your children, uh, but that provides them with an opportunity to, yeah, to talk to you. Are you right? I, that one on one time makes a huge difference. Like my right. daughter Elizabeth, all I have to do is drive somewhere with her, and then all of a sudden, like when it's just one on one with us in the car, mm-hmm. she'll start. All of a sudden, like these questions, Dad, what's this? And like, so she'll bring up something that she heard a few days ago, or you know, and like, it's great. I love, I love, love that. You know, it's like, so I know that really works for her. Uh, my other, you know, and that could be also her age. I don't know, um, but you know, I just want want them to have a healthy understanding of what it means 
to be a girl. Oh, um, how are you gonna How are you gonna handle it? Like when she wants. So you know, you and I both. We have five. You have five children. I have five children. Inevitably, yeah. one has five children. Uh, and, and inevitably, like one of our children is going to want to date. Yeah. At an earlier age than what we were ready for them to date. Like, how do you? How are you gonna handle that? Well, I would ask them. Ask them why do you want to why do you want to go on a date? Well, I like them. Okay, that's great, and that's you know what that's wonderful, and I think that they're uh, a likable person. You know, tell me what you like about them. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. You know, like let's talk about virtues versus vices. You know, um, because the their desire for that other person is good. Mm-hmm. God gave it to them right, and so yeah, I, 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 I want to affirm that. But I then like- talk about okay. I'm so glad, like, this is wonderful, this is a new thing for you, blah, 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 all that whole, the whole talk. And then talk about, like, well, dating is for this. This is the exact advice and you're, and that... And you're not ready for that. ...that uh, Father Bochansky told us uh, whenever he, he talks to people who are uh, in same-sex, attra- uh, same, like, who are same-sex attracted in a relationship. Uh-huh. The first thing he asks them, was, oh, t- tell me about them. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Tell me about them. What do you like about them? How'd you meet? Like, what do you like? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then like he, he, you know, he talks about like, he enforces like, Hey, this is a good thing. Like, you know, cause you're the things that you like about them are you're drawn to, uh, that, you know, they, they can be good things, right? Oh, well, I'm drawn that he, he's very caring. Mm-hmm. He's a, you know, he's a very caring person. But then, then that gives you the opportunity to talk about, well, what's virtue, what is vice? you know, it opens the door to uh, being able to have an open, open discussion. Yeah. And once again, I think that even talking about dating, you can do that with your kids, and that's not a romantic thing. Okay? Well, at some point it will be. Well, okay, like... Uh, at some point when they're... When my, my kids, uh, we, like we have cousins who are... They'll bring their boyfriend over. And so, like, they know about dating. And they know that, oh, the, these people, they're, you know, they're dis- discerning, to, you know, they're dating to see if they want to get married. And they know about that, and they know about being married because, you know, they live in a family mm-hmm. with parents who are married, um, and so that actually isn't romantic. What I'm talking about, you know, the things that we want to guard them against are, you know, the sexual, the sexualized element of of the relationship um, that is inherently a private thing, right? Like sexualized. Mm-hmm elements in relationships are always private. They should never be shared because it's a private matter. Um, it's sacred, okay? Um, it's sacred for the couple, and it's sacred for marriage. And so it should never be shared with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the details of your own private relationship should stay private uh, because of the sacredness, sac- you know, the na- sacred nature of that relationship. And so that's really the thing. So you can actually talk about dating at a young age, and we have. So, I mean, our kids know. So we have actually also talked about dating is so you get married. They ha- we have cousins who are dating. Uh, my, my, my sister, my youngest sister, she's 14 years younger than me. She's, she has a boyfriend, you know, a new boyfriend. She's dating. And so, like, that's a, they see it. And at least in our family, that's not an uncommon thing for them but you know, most most families are that, that maybe is I mean, yeah. But it doesn't have to be the so. There's the problem. The thing is, what I'm saying is that dating, that's not something that you need to hide from your kids. That's a that's a normal thing mm-hmm. um, at a certain age, you know. And it's always you can say like, well, see, those people are ready to get married. That's why they're dating. Mm-hmm. They're discerning marriage, and that's that's kind of at least when your kids are young. That's good enough like oh right okay that makes sense great and so having those conversations at those young ages i think is i think will be helpful as they get older they know dating is you know when you're ready to get married then you date and that's what it is it's not it's not like oh i like somebody and so i'm going to put myself in this high pressure relationship where i can't do the thing that i want to do and like almost like why am i here anyway you know like what are we doing? It just, it, it's to- dating before you're ready to get married is actually just completely nonsensical. Unless you just, unless you just want to commit mortal sin, you know? Like, right. 
No, yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah. So uh, go check us out on the podcast, thecatholicmanshow.com. We'll continue this conversation. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Yes. Uh, so I, I don't disagree. I don't think, though, you answered my question. Okay. Ask it again. Let me let, run it by me one more time. Yeah. So I second that. Uh, so your child knows what dating is. Okay. But desire, but says no. I want to date. Oh. Okay. I maybe I implied my answer to your question. So I would talk about you know why do you want to date them? Blah 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 blah. And then after they tell me why, they oh I like him. I was like I, w- I want to affirm those things. What I want to do is draw a distinction between the good of their desire and the, and the reason I'm going to say no to their, to their desire, okay? I want to affirm the things, because they're probably going to bring to the table things that are good. And hormones. Well, right. But, <laughs> but, but you can't talk about those. <laughs> that doesn't go well, okay? So what I want to do is affirm the things that they're bringing to the table. Okay. While drawing a distinction, because they're conflating their desires for the person with the desire for a permanent state in life. Okay? Which I, you know, that's all young people, they're impetuous, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, they think that the way I feel right now is, is, this is life. And if, you know, like, if this person, if I can't have this person, I'll die. Right. You know, um, so I would want to say, you know, like, let's affirm these things about people. You know, they have these desires. God gave you them. They're good. However, you're 15. He's 16, however old. Uh, he doesn't have a job. He can't support you. You're not ready to get married. I'm your dad. And no. So the answer is going to be no. Like, no, you, you can't date them um, because dating is for marriage. Mm-hmm. You're not ready for marriage. Right. Now, I have no idea. I've never had an 18-year-old daughter. You will. I will someday. Uh, you know, if, if she's 18 and I feel like that she's ready for marriage and she's taken this seriously. Um, the, you know, At the, what age? I'm sorry. I said 18. I mean, okay. I cannot imagine saying yes at 18. Okay. I mean, right. it's, I'm just, I, what I'm just I'm trying to throw out like a, you know, the a crazy scenario. Okay. Sure. Cause definitely not going to be yes before then, you know, but is it possible that I would say yes? I suppose it is. Uh, you know, if the stars aligned, I had a dream, you know, like angel Gabriel came to me in a dream. <laughs> Theoretically, it could if, be a yes. If I have a dream, though. Well, Juan, I'm sorry. You do have prophetic dreams, but that's not good enough for me, I don't think, <laughs> in this case. it's a. Let me just tell you, it's a high bar. It's a really high bar. You know, he's got to have, like, the guy she's presenting, like, is with, probably has to have, like, I don't know, discerned out of seminary, like, is independently wealthy, and I, I, I don't even know. I can't what even about, imagine. What about getting married in, in college? Uh, I personally think I there's no, no reason. I have no problem. That, that there's that. like there's no problem getting married in college. I have. I don't actually know why people say, "Oh, I want to finish my degree first. Uh, and so then they like live together instead. You know, it's like yeah. wait, but what? Your argument just now was that he didn't have a job and couldn't provide. Okay, well, I'm so just saying, if like, they're in, in a career, then they're going to have a job either. They're going to be pursuing. Well, that career. right, yeah, but like if if we're talking about her getting married at 18, like the dude mm-hmm. who's coming. I mean, maybe he's maybe he's twenty four and has a job. You know, okay, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. One, it's a hypothetical scenario. I'm probably I'm going to say no, unless of course I have a dream and Saint Gabriel tells me otherwise. But it is well, the, the point. I br- the reason I brought that up is that it's theoretically possible. Okay. Then I might say yes at eighteen, right? Elizabeth. Mary, Bernadette, Susanna, if you're listening to this like years down the road and you're 18, good luck. It's probably not going to happen. I wish you will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do. I do have a a great story. But one to your point is, an, well, maybe a deviate uh, variation of your point is, I do think people wait way too long to get married. Yeah. Yeah, marry young and have a bunch of kids. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. That's what I I think is a. 
uh, I think that that's good advice. Yeah, like people. don't you want don't you want life to be an adventure? Like I'm I'm not saying it won't be an adventure if you don't have a lot of kids, but sure. having a lot of kids is certainly an adventure. You know, and it's one that you're not going to regret. Sure. In your life. Yeah. So my my story harkens to that distinction between like innocence and romanticism. Okay. So Santiago, uh, maybe he was like five, about to turn six, and he was at this party in a park. And it was him and like four girls of all of our groups, you know. And they're in this playground, and some one of the girls, hey, Santi, let's play uh, daddy and, and mommy. And another girl goes, okay, but... I get to be married to Hasanti next. And then the third one goes, yeah, but I'm going to be married next. Mm-hmm. And the next one goes, okay. And Santiago, before the girl finishes the sentence, he goes, no. Nobody's married. We are all monkeys. We're a big monkey family. Well, nobody's married. And we're just going to jump around. <laughs> I just... He was just not having it. He just yeah, and then I mean, I think it's hilarious. Like that's a perfect example of boys and girls, like the way they play. Like let's all be married. It's like how about we're animals? Yeah, <laughs> I just want to get myself out of this situation. Uh, it just broke my arm. Right, uh, jumping off this gym. How about, gym just to, like yeah. the girls? They want to like sit down and talk, like have all this talk. And the boys like, how about we just make noises and and jump? Yeah, but I also think that like there are some mm. cultures uh, like. Well, one, like uh, South American culture, I think you've, you've kind of mentioned this to me before, that there's like a romantic, like a romanticism is like part of the culture, right? Like um, uh, the men are kind of expected to be, or like, I don't know if Italians are this way. Well, I, I think not so much romanticism, but uh, maybe more affection. It's mm-hmm. like you, you tend to be more affectionate in general with, uh, with a lot of women, mm-hmm. right? And that's just how you're... You're expected to be show care or show affection to any anybody that's special to you, right? Like kissing the cheek or a mm-hmm. hug or walking somebody to somewhere or even giving flowers. Like when you get a certain level of closeness in friendship, it's almost like expected. What's hard though is that, and, that's, that and, I, and I think all of those things are are, are fine things, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't translate well sometimes. Yeah, maybe not. Well, what I was gonna say is like I have seen this in other men like where there's a notion where they have their young boys and they like kind of want them to be like uh i don't know suave or you know like lady killers when they're like five or six years old you know what i mean and like that is exactly that's the exact kind of thing we have to avoid right because like that's just not the kind of things those are not the ideas we should be planting yeah you should you should be wanting to guard your son's purity with the same fervor as you want to guard your daughter's purity. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that's always the case uh, with 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 fathers. Uh huh. They're not they're not as concerned about the son's purity. Sure. As they are about their daughter's. There purity. is a like there is a difference between the way I view my daughters versus the way I, I view my son, and it's just like I I don't know why there is. A, there is a difference, but it, it's not that I want purity for them more than more than him. You know, I, it's hard to say where that difference comes from in in my own just in my own self. Mm-hmm. But yes, absolutely, we want holiness, we want purity, we want chastity, we want all of these things for our children. It doesn't matter, boys or girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I think I think that what what are the the difference is is that when I send my son into the world I know that he will be the one he will if something happens he will to affect his purity very likely he will be the initiator of that whereas with my daughters it's it's possible that it's initiated on them right and that because of that I I seek to guard them more because Maybe it's you know maybe it's not them who's choosing it. Yeah. Well, but you see you see the difference. There's, there's a difference between hey, my son went out and made a bad choice, um, 
versus someone else made a bad choice and forced it. You know, like I'm not saying don't like don't take this too too far the wrong way, but uh, like if the man if the man is going to initiate it, okay, maybe the and maybe hopefully not hopefully probably the woman is also receptive to this idea, but I don't want things being initiated on my daughters. That's ultimately what it comes down to. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a, well, there, no, there's an inherent difference. No, yeah, there. I see. I see what to your point, Dave. That you have more control about you. You have less control when you have a daughter of what's going to be initiated upon her. Right. If I raise there's virtuous children, many, there's too many options. There's too many distinctions out there. But if if you have a boy that has seen you, that you know what he's more likely to initiate, right. versus like you just don't know what your daughter is going to be exposed. Too. If I send out virtuous children, virtuous boys, virtuous girls, basically nothing will happen to my virtuous boys. Because what's going to happen to them? Now, uh, something. Now, other people might try to take advantage of my virtuous girls in a way that you just can't do to a boy. You know what I mean? Like, we're, and I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about like 13 year old kids. I'm talking about you know, like grown children who are going out to the world. You just can't do anything like that to a man basically without, if he's not willing. It just doesn't work. You don't seem to be agreeing with me. I think I agree in principle. Okay. Your face, your face is saying otherwise. No, I mean it's not something I, uh, I'm interested in discussing okay. on the show. But right. uh, yeah. well, that's what I was I just mean, saying, think, like from the beginning. I, th- I agree with you. There's yeah. the, to me, there's an inherent difference. The way I I think I view my daughters versus my son, and I'm just kind of like exploring maybe why why that is. It doesn't matter because ultimately your point was is is true that the innocence of our children should be guarded no matter what. Right. And so, just to circle back. To the okay. beginning, you know, I have found that it's me. Very often, the problem with, mm-hmm. you know, like the, th- the, th- the reason things, there are cracks in the wall, th- things are getting through mm-hmm. that I don't want to get through. I just have to be honest that very often it's me. I'm the, I'm the reason. I'm letting them through. I'm letting them in. You know, I just, and I just have to like. Yeah. No, I think that. That's... I have to be honest and like do good self-assessment that whatever it is. Um, it's my job, whether it's me or not, mm-hmm. whether it's the outside world or whether it's other things, it's still my job, mm-hmm. job to do it. And like, I just, you know, I'm gonna have to tighten down the screws. Luckily I have a, a fantastic wife who's. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that is a great help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, a holy marriage really helps right. Uh, in, in the process. Yeah. So think about it, especially if you have young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, like the, the movies you watch, I think, are a really big one. Uh, you, the, at the end of the day, you know, they might love that movie, but you can find it. There are new movies, you know. All, all of these things, like there, there are things isn't that... It, isn't it interesting that most of the time it's coming through entertainment? Like That mediums? is interesting, yeah. Yeah. Like ours and theirs, you right. know, right? Both. There is something uh, and music too. Yeah, well, well that's, I mean, that's, entertainment. that's entertainment. Yeah, but it's like uh, we think because music is not so visual, it's not visual. Yeah. They're they're gonna be not much. You know, they're not gonna get. But boy, do they get those words? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, and you haven't even you didn't even know the song said that. You know, it's like, so frustrating because my kids are, are listening to country music, like they, which like, which is not good anymore. It's not good anymore at all. In the it's last, pop. like, in it's the not last even country, it's like pop. Ten years, it's just gotten terrible. Yeah, it's just like okay, well, we can't do that. Like, can't listen to this. Can't listen to you know. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, that is, it is really interesting. There's something about the entertainment that is so like I might have been willing to make sacrifices in all these other aspects of my life. Okay, the things I spend money on or, you know, 
whatever else. But then all of a sudden it comes down to my choices of entertainment and I'm just, and it's those are so hard to give on, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to still watch the movie that I want to watch. Right. Um and there's just something about those things. Dadgum concupiscence. Right. Yeah, that it's like why is it so much harder to give these things up than it is, you know, it's like, oh, I might have been fasting all day, you know, but then it comes time to like, oh, you could watch this movie or like a uh, a better movie. It's like, oh, I don't want to watch that other, that other better, the, you know, what is actually a better movie because like, oh, that's just not as cool. I want to watch. I don't know why that is. It's weird. But it's but, part of the problem, you know. But Dave, to that point, though, I think that often we uh, undersell our power over the entertainment that our kids watch. Yeah. It's like they want to say, oh, I want to watch this and that because I heard it. And it's like, no, we're going to watch this other thing. And they're going to say, oh, no, I don't want to watch it. And then you say, well. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go watch it in the couch. You can come with me or you can do something else. Right. It's like, okay, we don't have to watch it because I think it's dumb anyway. But <laughs> Yeah, and, and then you just go do that I'm thing. I'm tired of watching Brother Francis personally. Like, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's great for you guys. Okay, so the takeaway has is to make sure that we are uh, being an example towards our, uh, to, to our, towards our kids, not showing too much affection. Uh, that would corrupt their own imagination. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just hey, um, think about it. Uh, think because about, your kids don't need don't need rom- romance. And then uh, think about what the purpose of dating is, mm-hmm. uh, and when should you allow your children to date, and for what reason would yeah. that be? And I think that there's probably a lot of parents out there. Uh, there I know there are. You know, who's in that stage of life where their kids want to date, and maybe. You know, the, you saying no could be the thing that just like alters their life for the better. Like they might, they might hate you for it right now, um, but the mistakes that that could be made, that hopefully wouldn't, but could be, um, they're they don't go away. You know, so think about it, pray about it, send Dave emails. You, you're more than welcome to send me emails. Feel free. <laughs>